We know when the Arizona Cardinals are going to play in Mexico and against who? Trey McBride under a microscope. And Marcus Moser joins me for 10 minutes to talk about the Arizona Cardinals draft. Alex Lancey locked on Cardinals. Here we go. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you to everybody who makes Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. You could check me out today on the Locked On NFL National Show with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. Find me everywhere, man. For better or worse, you can find me everywhere. Marcus Moser is going to join me in the third segment. He's His day job is Locked On Cowboys and part of Game Day NFL. He does Locked On Dynasty podcast for the, for the um, Locked On Podcast Network. Also, we're going to break down the draft. We're going to break down Trey McBride. We're going to break down the third-round picks. It's going to be really fun to see what the Cardinals got in their haul and what the projection is going to be like for the Cardinals in 2022. Um, Trey McBride, with DeAndre Hopkins out for six weeks, is he going to be thrust into a position to perform for the first six weeks, maybe a little bit sooner than we had thought before the suspension came down? I'll talk about that. In the second segment, first, the Cardinals are playing the San Francisco 49ers on November 21st, Monday Night Football at in Mexico. And um, so there's a couple things. One, it's Thanksgiving week. So the Cardinals are not playing on Thanksgiving again. My wish, even though, you know, personal life-wise, work-wise, it's not ideal for the Cardinals to be playing on uh, Thanksgiving, but would have been fun, you know. Uh, so obviously they're not going to be playing on Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know if their bye week is going to be the week after, which it was last year, um, or if they're going to just be playing a short week on Sunday, Thanksgiving weekend. It's up in the air, but that is going to be one of the Cardinals' home games um, south of the border. And, you know, it's good that it's an interdivision rival, in my opinion. Um it's good that it's not one of the other potentials that the Cardinals could have played. I think it was, you know, New Orleans, I think Tampa Bay. There were a couple others, the Oakland, that the Cardinals could have played somewhere else. But um, I'm glad that it's the 49ers. And, you know, it. we're going to know so much more than we know now before that game. We're going to know so much more than we know now. Is Kyler Murray an MVP candidate? Is DeAndre Hopkins back in the swing of things? Did Isaiah Simmons make that fringe Pro Bowl push? Is the offensive line holding up? Is Rondell Moore working out in his second year? Is A.J. Green holding up as a wide receiver three and security blanket for Kyler Murray? Is Hollywood Brown a Pro Bowl wide receiver or not? We're going to find out so much. We're going to find out so much between now and then. But what we do know is, again, that is a home game for the Cardinals. So that kind of rips away the advantage of having nine home games and eight road games, which was flipped last year, even though they played a lot better on the road than they did at home record-wise. It's going to be a test of their metal. It's going to be a test of their intestinal fortitude. 
it's going to be a test because you know that they're going to be in the playoff push. They've got a good enough roster to be there. You know, Kyler Murray, they've got the stars. And the 49ers will probably be vying for a playoff spot also. So we know that there were three NFC West teams that made the playoffs last year. The 49ers made a push at the last part of the year. They made a huge comeback against the Rams to get in the playoffs. The 49ers are a perfect opponent. A perfect opponent for the Cardinals to play in Mexico. Because you know them so well. You could play on the moon. It doesn't matter. It's not a one-off. Like, it's not like they're playing the Chargers. And I know the Chargers weren't. I'm just saying a, a random team that the Cardinals are going to play this year. It's it's not a one-off that is just like a, I don't know, like Georgia versus Vanderbilt to open up the college football playoff. College football season, obviously Vanderbilt's a terrible football team. But something like that, something random. Like, this is, they know this team. It doesn't matter where it's played. It's going to be a grinded-out game that hopefully the Cardinals can win and come on top and, you know, go into Thanksgiving break uh, with a victory. Uh, November 21st, Monday Night Football in Mexico against the 49ers. It's going to be a home game. We're going to know so much more then than we do now. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Can week one start yet? Alex Lancey locked on Cardinals. Coming up next, Trey McBride. What's his role going to be? What's his role going to be between now and when DeAndre Hopkins comes back and on to, you know, and, and beyond that this season and into 2023? I'm going to ask Marcus Mosier about the future of Trey McBride in the third segment, as well as the other picks the Cardinals made. And I wanted him to give, you know, give his grade in a vacuum for the Cardinals draft, not for need, but just players drafted. Hit that in the third segment, Trey McBride under the spotlight for what he's going to, what his role is going to be in this offense, especially for the first six weeks without Nuke Hopkins on the field due to his suspension. All that more next first blue Nile.com. It's getting closer. Mother's Day is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 96 hours away, less, like 80 hours away. And BlueNile.com's got you covered, okay? If you're having trouble choosing, BlueNile.com has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. The available phone, chat, whatever. These are the people that I need to talk to because I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. So whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces celebrating that special woman in your life, and you should be a few days from now. On BlueNile.com, you can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every price point. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get 50 bucks off a $500 purchase. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON+. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Second segment, Locked On Cardinals. I'm Alex Clancy. You can follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. You can check me out today on the Locked On NFL National Show on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel or free and available wherever you get your podcast with my co-host, Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. We've got a doozy of a draft recap in our own way for 30 minutes today. You can check that out. Um, Trey McBride, 55th overall pick. 
1,100 receiving yards on 90 receptions last season. He's only capped out at four touchdowns in his college career. And, you know, he only had one touchdown last year. Um, he's going to have a more integral role right away. And uh, it's that's exciting. That's exciting. 6'4", 260, he's a hoss. Um, you're going to be look at the future of the tight end position. He's got the comp, as I mentioned, to Greg Kittle. He's a good blocker, good pass catcher. And with tight ends like him, you can line him up anywhere. You can line him up next to the tackle in bunt, you know, in, in big. You can line him up in the slot, line him up outside as an X or Y. Like it doesn't really matter. Uh, and that is a very, very dangerous proposition for defenses when Cliff Kingsbury can line somebody up in a bunch of different spots, especially with him towering at 6'4", Zach Ertz is 6'2", or 6'3", and then you have the shorter guys of Rondell Moore and Hollywood Brown rummaging around. you got a perfect mix, and obviously in A.J. Green 6'4", you got a perfect mix of big, big, strong, fast, and short, strong, quick. And with DeAndre Hopkins out for six weeks, we're going to find out right away what this offense could be like without DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, and what the foundation will be when he comes back. If these guys can run rough shot and put up 28, 30 points a game for the first five or six weeks, like that would be an absolute dream scenario without DeAndre Hopkins. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. I think they're going to need to rely on the run game a little bit more with James Conner and whoever they bring in. They need to have an RB2. They need to have somebody that's going to touch the ball 35 or 40% of the time, or whether they be 30% and then Eno Benjamin gets four or five carries a game, whatever it is, James Conner needs to have sustained health throughout the season. And the recipe for that is for him not to touch the ball 25 or 30 times a game. Regardless of how much fun it is to watch James Conner just be the offense when nothing else is working, which is what we saw a lot of the second half of last season, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. And if you can have a Trey McBride and Zach Ertz and A.J. Green, those three guys are security blankets. Those are exemplary possession receivers who also are elite. And Trey McBride will see, you know, but I mean, Zach Ertz, we're just scratching the surface of what Zach Ertz can do. You know, right when the contract came out and it was three for 30, I know it's like around 18 guaranteed. It's probably just a two-year deal. He's 31 or 32, I think. You know, so he's probably, you're hoping he's going to retire a Cardinal and play at some level of Jason Witten before he retires. I mean, even Antonio Gates was having meaningful snaps during the last two years of his career, especially in the red zone. When you go 6'4", 6'3", 6'4", A.J. Green, Zach Ertz, and Trey McBride, those are big boys in the end, in the red zone. And then you could use the other two guys. I mean, the, the red zone offense with James Conner, like the Cardinals, if the Cardinals want to win 12 games next year, they need to be in the top three in red zone touchdown efficiency. That is a must because they have weapons that a lot of other teams don't have. They've got a lot of big pass-catching weapons who are more than capable of scoring five, seven, eight touchdowns each. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot this year, even though, you know, establishing the run is important, but Kyler Murray's going to throw the ball 30, 35 times a game. I mean, how can you not with this offense? 
How can you not with these position players, even with DeAndre Hopkins out? But red zone efficiency, scoring touchdowns instead of first and goal from the nine and then kicking a field goal on fourth and goal from the six, those need to be touchdowns more than not. They need to be in the top three this year of t- for touchdown efficiency in the red zone if the Cardinals want to win 12 games because the cornerback room is weak at this point. The pass rush is weak at this point. The interior defensive line that's responsible for rush for run stopping, that's weak-ish at this point. So if the Cardinals, if the offense is going to be the calling card of this of this team, they need to be efficient in the red zone, and I mean efficiency, scoring, touchdowns. And Trey McBride will have an integral part in that, and believe you me, he's going to score more than one touchdown this year like he did last year in college, only nabbing one uh, seeing pay dirt. Alex Lancey locked on Cardinals. Marcus Moser and I, I, I love picking his brain um, because, you know, he sees it from not only a draft perspective, but covering the Cowboys is, I mean, it's like, it's like going to Cirque du Soleil, you know? I mean, it's a circus over there. Maybe not Cirque du Soleil, maybe Barney, Barnum and Bailey. I don't know. It's a circus. You know, it's Jerry Jones. It's contracts. It's 12 prime time, prime time games a year. And I had him on a couple weeks ago talking about the Kyler Murray situation with the contract. He just went through it with Dak Prescott. And, like, he can give me the behind-the-scenes kind of view of what it looks like to be pseudo-dysfunct, like pseudo-non-run-of-the-mill run organizations. And the Cardinals and the Cowboys don't run – you know, the organization, like similarly at all, but they're different in that regard. They're just different. They're not the Ravens. They're not the Steelers. You know, it's just different. They do things differently, not similar between the two, just differently compared to the rest of the NFL for the most part. And then he has this incredible draft knowledge. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited to talk to him in a minute. Marcus Mosier from Locked On Cowboys. He does a lot of draft work as well. That's coming up next. First, betonline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball players, Major League Baseball, and this weekend, this weekend's run to the roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Final segment, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platform. That sounded monotone. I mean it. I, I appreciate it. I do. Like my main my main job today has been taking me for a loop-de-loop. Um, I always get excited bringing this dude on. Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Fuckers joined me yesterday and – he didn't have very positive things to say. I see him as like a Mr. Rogers in this, in this, you know, it, uh, you know, in this world of he's just a nice dude. He just ripped the Cardinals for their draft. I'm going to force another one of my good friends um, to give a little bit of a positive outlook into the 2022 NFL draft for the Arizona Cardinals. Marcus Mosier, you can check them out every day. Locked on Cowboys. Um, dude, Marcus, uh, and the game day NFL as well. He did a lot of draft coverage. When's your vacation? That's the first question I asked uh, Trevor also. Like, is it like, this is like retention? This is fulfillment on the draft stuff for this week? And then you're going to Barbados or what? 
What's a vacation, man? Uh, yeah, we, we do the lockdown podcast. We do podcasts literally every day. There's no such thing as a vacation. That's true. It's a good point. It's a good point. Follow him at Marcus underscore Mosier on Twitter. Okay, so I want to hit Trey McBride first. Um, obviously, there were you can make a graph for anything. You know, you can make a graph for best value, best get, which is where the Cardinals were on top of getting Trey McBride at fifty-five. I feel like a tight end. It's wide receiver heavy now, obviously, with how much wide receivers are making in second contracts. You want to hit your nut with a guy that you can draft in the draft to have him, you know, under player control and rookie scale contract for the first four years. Trey McBride drops to 55, can block, can pass catch. He's more George Kittle than Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. Tell me why Trey McBride will make an immediate impact on this roster sans DeAndre Hopkins for the first six weeks of the 2022 season. Because he's a perfect fit for the offense. If you want somebody that can be detached from the line of scrimmage, that you can play the slot, that you can play in the backfield, uh, that's Trey McBride. He's so good after the catch. He's so good with the ball in his hands. I think the route running needs some work, and I don't think he's the maybe the seam stretcher that some of these other bigger tight ends are. But a guy that just gets open quickly, turns around and gets up the field, I think that's perfect for Kyler Murray. I think he's like the younger version of Zach Ertz. So I, I I love this value here. Now, I also like that they they don't necessarily have to play him right away. They can have him learn before behind Zach Ertz and kind of ease him in. But I think by 2023, this is your starting tight end. Yeah, and you know what? It's not – it is a good thing. It's like, you know, when you get a uh, – when you get a puppy when your dog is eight years old, like you're not getting a puppy when your dog is three years old, which is what happened in Philly with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Like Zach Ertz was the workhorse between the 20s. Dallas Goddard was the favorite in the red zone for Carson Wentz, much of the chagrin, I would assume, of Zach Ertz. Um, two tight end set is not something that Cliff Kingsbury is usually done before in, in, in the air raid. It's not really a tight end friendly setup, even though Zach Ertz came in and made waves immediately. He had a 45-yard touchdown catch and run within the first two weeks. Like, oh man, this is going to work here. And as you mentioned, they're going to play him as a wide receiver and line him up as a tight end. I mean, is that we're looking at a 6'4 athlete yeah. if we're playing 2003 NCAA football? Yeah, I think that's exactly what he is. Uh, but I, I still think his best role is, you know, have him not be in press coverage, have him on the move, use him, you know, before the snap, have him, you know, behind the line of scrimmage and then flip, flip him the ball. I think you got to be creative with him because I think he is so good after the catch. Uh, you mentioned George Kittle off the top. I think that's the comp here, right? If he hits the ceiling, I think you're getting a George Kittle type player. Well, and you hope that it's going to be the storyline of the George Kittle. I think they were both in the third round, right? Him and Kelsey, third or uh, fourth. I, I can't remember. Kittle, Kittle was in the fifth round. He was late. Wow. Yeah, I mean, but we see these guys all the time. They fall outside of the first round. As long as you can get them in the right scheme and you find ways to, to use them, they can be really successful. At Locked On Cowboys, at Locked On Dynasty, at the game day NFL, this dude's one of the busiest men in show business. Um, Marcus Mosier. The before we move to the third round, guys, you know, because that's really what Steve Kime loves to do is draft rookies and put them into impactful situations before they're ready. Marco Wilson last year, you know, maybe he'd be the third corner instead of arguably the first corner when Byron Murphy's a little bit hobbled and and Malcolm Butler retires and then unretires unceremoniously. Um, Can I tell you my favorite pick, by the way, for the Cardinals? Yeah. I actually have a story that goes along with it. Please it, tell me that first before I ask you. Absolutely. Jesse Lucchetta, uh, okay. the linebacker that they took in the seventh round. So way back ago, like in the 2017 
used to be a social studies teacher uh, up in Erie, PA. Whoa. Just so happened that Jesse was one of my students uh, up there. Uh, I know him very well. Uh, we watched a ton of film together. We helped him pick out some colleges to tour. Uh, this is somebody that Cardinal fans are going to love. So you look at the 40-yard dash time, ran a 489. The problem is people don't know that he hurt his hamstring warming up, and his agent told him not to run. He wanted to go out there and compete anyways. Um, ran a 489, which is really disappointing. This is somebody who, in pre-draft training process, was training with Micah Parsons, was training with Brandon Smith, was running like in the low four sixes, played linebacker, played edge, played a million special team snaps. He's going to have a role right away for the Cardinals. Fantastic. That's that's the stuff that you get here on the Locked On Podcast Network, man. Social studies, baby. One of the worst subjects for me <laughs> in perpetuity. Growing, I don't care. I don't know anything about it. And that just, my teachers and I, Never saw eye to eye, but I'm glad that you had that little ditty for me. That's killer. Because listen, Steve Keim, there haven't been a lot of sixth round flyers that have worked. I mean, they drafted you know Benjamin in the seventh. He's seen touches, you know, and now he was obviously he was homegrown at ASU, but there hasn't been that story. You know, there hasn't been that San Francisco 49ers find a guy every year that's a sixth round pick fifth or sixth round pick that, that plays meaningful snaps. Steve Kime is pretty much devoid of that. It's difficult. It's dart throws, but these are college athletes that, you know, so tell me, so do you think he's going to make the roster? Like, do you think this is a oh. guy that, that oh, yeah. will not be a practice squad guy? He's going to make the roster come week one. Without a doubt. I mean, going into, or after the, the senior bowl, which he played really well there, Jim Nagy called him one of the best players at the senior bowl. He was getting top 100 grains from Lance Erline, Dane Brugler, and then once the combine happened and they had the hamstring injury, that's when we kind of saw his stock fall off. But there was a lot of people around the league that thought second, third round pick because of the versatility. Again, three years as an off-the-ball linebacker before transitioning to edge this year because they literally had nobody else that they could play there. So, yeah, I think he'll make the roster. He'll play special teams right away. And he'll come back up a couple spots. And I think in a multiple defense, I think that's a really good guy to have as your fourth or fifth edge. That's killer. Because you know what? You know what the Cardinals need? Bodies yep, in the yep, linebacker yep. room. They need bodies. And they need, like, th the reason why, um, you know, I had issues with trading for Hollywood Brown, and we're not, uh, this is a positive segment here. So, but the issues I had were interior defensive line. It was stop the quarterback, stop the run, protect Kyler Murray. Those mm -hmm. were my three, like, mandates for the Cardinals going into the draft. They didn't address any of them, nor corner for that matter. Until later in the round, until later rounds, you know, uh, my the apple of my eye in the second round was packaging 155 and moving up ahead of Baltimore and taking David Ajabo because that's a guy, a transcendent defensive talent that's going to be a guy for 10 years, barring any sort of contractual things. Now with Trey McBride, you're gonna they've shifted Cliff Kingsbury era. Uh, Steve Kime is the master overcorrector. Steve Wilkes to Cliff Kingsbury, all defense in the first round. The last two years, now it's all offense. Can these third-round guys, can Cam Thomas, who is, you know, I know he's flexible. I know he can play a lot of a lot of positions. And Majai Sanders is going to play, I think, hand in the dirt outside. It, 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 in the guys make impacts right away. Are these project guys that are going to be thrust into action maybe a little bit sooner than they're ready for? I've got my doubts about Sanders, but I really like Cam Thomas. It seems it's a very similar story to Jesse Lucetta. He got invited to the Senior Bowl, but couldn't do anything due to an injury. 
and that killed his stock. Like he was getting legitimate first round buzz, you know, at the end of the college football season and the fall to the third round. I think that's just excellent value. This is somebody who can stop the run. He's long. He plays really hard and the production is off the chart. So yeah, I think that's somebody, if he doesn't start, is going to play a lot of snaps as a, you know, rotational edge. You can kick him inside on passing situations. I, I already think he's a significantly better player than Zach Allen because he's just far more athletic. So I, I do expect him uh, to play right away. Yeah, there is nothing. The Cardinals are not short of athleticism in the linebacker group. I mean, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins are freak athletes for in completely different ways. I'm hoping that they're going to move Isaiah Simmons a little bit more outside, a little bit more of a Hassan Reddick role because Hassan Reddick could fit in Isaiah Simmons' pocket. And the fact that they have that they had as they waited four years to move Hassan Reddick to his natural role, Isaiah Simmons as a pass rusher. I mean, what more could you want out of a pass rusher? I know he's a little bit lighter. Like he's not a guy like you know a 320 pound offensive lineman are going to push him around. But he's so fast. He's so smart. He's got great hands. I, I just don't know. So one last question before I get you out of here, Marcus Mosier and Mar Mosier on Twitter every day. Locked on card, uh, locked on Cowboys, free and available on all platforms. Is locked on Dynasty every day also? Uh, it is. Uh, uh, me and Kate Dude. Logic do two days, and Matt and, Matt and Ryan uh, do three days. Killer. Yeah. Locked on Dynasty and that uh, at Game Day NFL. In a vacuum, with the acquisition of Hollywood Brown, not for need, just in a vacuum of players drafted, what grade would you give the Cardinals, including giving up their first round pick and getting another one for Hollywood Brown in the third round? Yeah, I gave him a B minus. It's still a pretty good haul when you factor in Hollywood. I, I think he's going to be so much better in Arizona than he was in Baltimore. Um, and I, I like the day three or the day two picks. I, I think Trey McBride, Cam Thomas, those are long term starters. Maybe not day one starters, but by twenty twenty three, they're going to be playing a big role. And I even like a couple of their day three picks, including Jesse Lucetta, who we mentioned before. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see about Chris Matthew, who's a really really long cornerback. Uh, and even Marquise Hayes, who a lot of people projected to go third, fourth round. If you can get a solid-tier guy that could be a backup maybe this year, maybe next year, we'll see down the line. I thought they got three or four players that are going to help right away. Great insight, as always, at Marcus underscore Mosier. Locked on Cowboys every day, free and, avail free and available on our platforms. Locked on Dynasty as well. Man, Dynasty drafts, I mean, get me out. Come on. Like, they got to add it two extra rounds. Like, what are we doing here? Three rounds ain't enough. I mean, not at the top, though. The top of this draft is bad. Like, you want to trade down. But at the bottom, third, fourth round, that's where the value is in this year's mm. class. God, I can't wait. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. I will talk to you tomorrow.